Hi, I'm James, and I've loved Seinfeld since the 90s. Hello, I'm Steve. I gave Seinfeld a miss the first time round, but it could be really very nice and good. And together we're watching every episode, recording our own commentary track, in the show that we like to call... Hello, Newman. I'm going to go straight in, Steve. Dive in, sir. And I'm going to say uh, welcome to Hello Newman uh, and our review of season five. Hooray! Yeah. It, um, t- to you, it's going to sound like it came after the last the last one we recorded. Yes. But uh, season five uh, has taken a while to record for us, hasn't it? <laughs> it's been uh, uh, at, at least a year and a half in the making. Yeah. Which is uh, incredible given how long it takes to make a season of Seinfeld. Much less time than that. Yes. Yeah, so uh, I don't think we need to go into the, the, the deep medical details as to why we weren't recording. <laughs> um, but uh, the doctor told me to stop because I was sending Steve insane. So That's it, yes. It, yeah. would, have, it would have turned to violence if there wasn't the intervention. That's right. Yeah. Um, so slightly different. If you've not listened to one of our previous uh, countdowns of our favourite episodes from a given season, um, then what we're going to do is we're going to go through all twenty-one episodes. Uh, yep. If you amalgamate the raincoats, I think. Yeah, we it? do count those as yeah. one episode. Yeah. Basically, rank them from twenty-one to number one on our on our hit list. That's right. Yeah, the hit parade. Yeah. What we've done, Steve's together a very complicated spreadsheet with all sorts of good stuff do you want to explain how we aggregate yeah so for um for those of you who also listened to the season four review there was a little bit of nerdy detail in terms of um how we had figured out the ranking um but just as a quick uh uh, recap of that independently james and i will rank the episodes in order of our preference so those which we favoured the most all the way down to those that we favoured the least because it's not like we dislike any of these episodes. Then um, those rankings go into a spreadsheet and we create an aggregate and sometimes those aggregates might actually mean that they share a position So um, in our joint rank, in the Hello Newman rank. So there's a bit of a weighting system that means that the more we agree, the more likely it is to be ranked higher. And on those cases where um, our ranks are very, very distant, then they would be pushed further down the list. So let's say there were three episodes that could have be that, that they could all share like fifth place. Those differences will help put them in a more definitive slot, which just makes it an awful lot easier. Um, yeah, and there to, are to, some to, big to, gaps. Yeah, there are. This is um, very, very different from season four in terms of where we agree and, and where we have quite a difference of opinion. It'd be interested actually to hear what falls out of this conversation because I know... And if and if we don't fall yeah. out completely. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> and there's another hiatus. We're probably, yeah, you could be listening, you could be listening to the end of a, a wonderful friendship. Um, I wonder whether, because yeah. I ranked mine sometimes sometime after we watched the last episode, I'm wondering how much I'm ranking from my collective memory of watching the season several times over um, and how much I'm reflecting my reviews on the night as it were. So it'd be interesting as we go through this to see how how much I'm revising my opinion 
based on what you have to say about it as as being, you know you're only able to review your 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 for the most part one and only viewing aren't you correct but i think also that's fair sure you know from from my perspective when i am giving each more spreadsheets because this is who i am now apparently uh, you know when i'm watching each of these episodes for the first time and i'm making notes and i'm prepping for these recordings i tend to drop in my score then at that point after i've watched the episode so it's like my first reaction i don't have the benefit of having years and years and years of watching it several several times but neither have i gone back and before we do this episode, just have another look and go, hmm, was I right? Was I wrong? Mm. I kind of stick with it. Yeah, yeah, good for you. So that is a true reflection of my experience because yeah. I've watched the episodes twice. Yeah. You, not that's just, more an accurate, yeah. you know, I wouldn't excuse it. You know, yeah. you're, you're going on it not just by what you think of the episodes mm-hmm. as you watch them for this show, but also as your love of the show in general. Yeah, and for like sure. this kind of 20 year plus mm. romance with the show yeah. that is Seinfeld. Although it, it is amusing to me actually in the time that we've had off um, I've heard more and more about Jerry Seinfeld's dating preferences during the time the show was on and, and in particular yes. I think one 16 year old that he was seeing at the time. Oh do we have to stop recording so, this now? Yeah but it is Are funny we it is funny that it is. By proxy <laughs> Sort of Jerry Seinfeld does seem to be dancing very close to the cancelled button, so it's um, and obviously Michael Richards had already been cancelled when we started, so that's a moot. Excuse me, a moot point, but very interesting to see how a moot, a moot, yeah, the moots. <laughs> interesting to see culturally that Seinfeld start. I feel like Seinfeld's starting to shift a bit, and there's almost people backlashing against it, whereas I really? still, I still love it. It's still it's still brilliant, but you know, I think is that not the way that these these iconic things go? Is people love them, people hate them, people love them again, and that that tends to that tends to be the pattern, isn't it? You know, you sort of see um, the British comedian Frankie Howard's uh, one of my favourite examples. Is incredibly popular yeah. up until about the nineteen seventies. Desperately unpopular until the early to mid nineties when. Uh, a, students basically started enjoying his innuendo and then had this second uh wind of popularity that took him to the end of his life and it's sort of I, I feel that cycle tends to repeat itself uh, Pompeii was actually brought back in that time as well wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. all sorts of stuff yeah. was, was was brought back of his and it was sort of quite for someone who was you know people thought he was almost a, a joking of himself wasn't he and then he comes back so maybe Seinfeld is going through that that sort of period of over-familiarity. Let's compare it to Friends. I, I can't speak on how Friends would be a cultural touchstone in the United States, right? We mm-hmm. can, we're here in the UK. We can only go by Friends in that context. Mm. So Friends had its original run on Channel 4 and then went into heavy rotation. Yes. And then moved after it had, had several... Um, repeats on the main Channel 4 station, it then moved to, I think, E4 and was a regular part of the E4 schedule. So there has always been, because I think now it's on Comedy Central or something, there are Friends reruns happening all the time. Sure. Um, And 
And I don't think here, for those people who love or like Friends, it has ever gone through a hate phase. And Friends is now in the position where there are episodes being shown in cinemas and um, there's going to be millions of dollars being thrown at all of the main cast to have a 60-minute special about the show, um, which is astounding. And so it's interesting to kind of like look at those two shows. They were on air Mm. a little bit at the same time in, in the 90s. Obviously, Seinfeld came in previous to Friends. Um, but, the, but but they have they have a of overlap. Yeah, but they have a different treatment in that respect. Mm. Oh yeah, and I also think like the the relative popularity of the shows are very different here um, in comparison to the US. There's still plenty of people in the UK who were never aware of Seinfeld, remain unaware of Seinfeld as a phenomenon a because point. of when it was. When it was shown, it was it did considered get beaten to be, about. Yeah, it was considered to be more cerebral than Friends. It was definitely, um, if you liked Seinfeld, it was very unlikely you were going to be a Friends fan. Mm. Um, whereas I think they they lived reasonably comfortably together as sitcoms in the US at the time. Yeah, I think you know because because Seinfeld was huge in, in a way that it never ever was here, which is silly. Culturally shifting in the way that I suppose Friends is with that there is a resurgence once again of of Friends where it's always remained popular but there's a big resurgence of it again I think going on the Netflix as well has been a big deal isn't it good point yeah yeah shall we shall we um, uh, start biting um, lumps <laughs> out of our <laughs> yes our top 21 and um, Steve shall we start at number 21 let's start at the bottom and work our way up why not that's what she said <laughs> Uh, yeah, so number 21 is episode two, The Puffy Shirt. Jerry is coerced into wearing a ridiculous puffy shirt designed by Kramer's girlfriend when he appears on the NBC News Today programme with Bryant Gumbel. Bryant Gumbel, who uh, sounds like a Cartoon Network character to me. Or a rally. Yeah, the puffy shirt also um, uh, features the, obviously the designer of the puffy Puffy shirt being a very low talker. And the low talker, yes. Yeah, um, and uh, it leads and being to all misunderstood. Sorts of, yeah, I, I think, I think if I remember at the time, it, I think had I rated this before we did the show, for some reason I think I might have put this nearer the top. But actually, having watched it again, um, I found it a bit stilted. I think, if I remember rightly, the premise is is kind of funny. Yeah, I, I think, I think as well, actually looking at it it might be contemporary in terms of how out of kilter with fashion the puffy shirt was at the time now it still looks ridiculous but does it look as ridiculous as it would have looked in the mid 90s (laughs) and i'm not entirely sure it does so i think because the premise of the entire episode left me sort of thinking well you know that is something you could see someone wearing on wearing on tv and it wouldn't be that weird you know yeah. it's it's 20 2012 or whenever it was we started recording this season you know live, live, <laughs> feels live, like it <laughs> live, live and let live yes so and I, I think maybe because that doesn't quite work contemporarily or i i felt it doesn't work contemporarily excuse me maybe as a result the episode falls a little flatter than it otherwise would 
I think there's something about the A story of this that just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, the puffy shirt as a concept just doesn't seem particularly strong. Sure. Um, but I don't know. I don't, yeah, it's 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 tough. It's not like I don't like it. And I think at the time I said that it's, you know, it's it's good. It's okay. Yeah. Um, it just didn't feel as strong as some of the other episodes um, I had seen in season four. And even though this is only the second episode of season five, um, you'd been quite open to the fact that season five takes a real step up. Mm-hmm. This didn't feel like a step up. No. Um, I think at the time I said that if this episode were in like season three, mm-hmm. it'd be above average. It would be higher on the list here. But um, it it just didn't quite fire. But significant episode in terms of the Costanzas. Yes. I think this is the first time we see um, the all-new mm-hmm. Frank Costanza. Yeah. Um, and and uh, wow, what a what a what a world that's going to open up oh, to us. A, yeah, that's a magic porridge pot that we'll keep on giving. Yeah, it's beautiful. And um, on a slightly more technical note, this is one of only two episodes in this season that we completely agree on. Yeah, yeah, we both we both rated it our least favourite episode of this season. Probably worth putting the caveat in now is. There are no bad episodes. There's no real duds in this season. The Puffy yeah. Shirt is a funny show. It, it is. Just, it it's is. not as good as everything else. That There hasn't been an episode in this season that drew... Um, um, Aya is harsh, but disappointment is more accurate than um, the movie, mm. which just really didn't feel like it fit at all. Okay. Whereas the Puffy Shirt is just like slightly off... Yeah, but is still good fun. It's mm-hmm. still an absolutely serviceable episode. No problem. I'm I'm convinced it's because fa- the, the, the fashion sits at the the middle of it, and fashion is is uh, contemporary and topical, isn't it? But there we go. Um, that was a really sneaky way of getting the last word in, wasn't it? I feel guilty, and I'm going to try harder throughout the rest of this sure countdown, know, isn't it? But also, if you're talking about what's next on the countdown, it does make sense that you might wrap up the, the I suppose previous so. item. Do you think I should stop the meta-analysis of what I'm saying as we go through this? Or No, I think it only serves to make a more exciting <laughs> uh, feature-length episode. <laughs> yeah, come on, let's draw it out. Yeah, exactly. Um, at 20, uh, and a fair difference of opinion here, is The Conversation. Or The Conversion. Um, at uh, <laughs> at twenty, okay. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna uh, take a run up. I'm, I'm gonna go again. Yeah. Three, two, one. Uh, at twenty, uh, a reasonable difference of opinion here is the conversion. It's almost like we haven't done this for a while. It is <laughs> episode <laughs> a eleven. Rusty bin. <laughs> <laughs> episode eleven, the conversion in the name of love. George goes through the process of converting to the Latvian Orthodox religion. <laughs> It's, um, my favourite moments in this are all to do with Kramer's sexuality um, and uh, the effect he has on the nun. <laughs> Kavorka! Yeah, it's, um, <laughs> it's very funny. Again, I just um, it just felt weaker than... Uh, there are other titles I look at and I think immediately of funny bits. And it's it's an it's a episode of bits, isn't it, this? Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, um, it's but it's a great episode. It's just, uh, I think, yeah, bitty. It felt bitty to me. Yeah, there's, there are much stronger episodes in this season, which, I mean, not just in terms of the gags and stuff like that, but also bring all of the four main players in together. Even though they have separate things going on, they intertwine so much sharper. This is one where it's very much A and B. Things are yeah. separated out. You've got... I can't even remember what Elaine does in this episode. Uh, Jerry is dating uh, someone who um, has fungus cream and gets obsessed about the, mm-hmm. the, 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 the fungus cream. Um, yeah, I don't. I can't remember for the life of me. I'm even looking at my notes here, yeah, trying no, to I'm, trying to I'm, suss out what what Elaine was involved in here, and I just can't see it. I think right. she just kind of passes through George's story, and there isn't much else going on with her. Look, this is probably it is probably significant that we can't remember. Yes, because yeah, you yeah, know, it's why it's number twenty yeah, on our list. Exactly. I guess, yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I can't remember. I'm going through my notes either. And I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember exactly what her, um, what she was up to in it. But there we go. Uh, such is such is life. Yeah, that's number twenty. Yeah. What can you say? It, it, it it's a series. It's a series of bits. But yeah, there we go. At number nineteen, it's real. It's spectacular. It's the wife. <laughs> yeah. I just remembered what uh, what you were referencing Thank there. You. Yeah. So um, episode seventeen, the wife. Jerry let his girlfriend pose as his wife so that she can receive his dry cleaning discount. But the scam backfires when his family learns of his marriage and Meryl discovers some unexpected items in Jerry's laundry. Elsewhere, a guy at the health club whom Elaine wants to date has some damaging information about George. Oh, he doesn't clean up after himself, does he? He's a... Is it, was that it or no? Peeing in the shower. Peeing in the shower, that's it. Well done, there you go. Well, that obviously wasn't very memorable. What is memorable is Terry Hatcher's line at the end with regards her boobs. That is not this episode. Is it not? What, one's the, what one am I thinking of then? This is uh, Courtney Cox. Oh, of course it is, Dancing in the Dark. Yeah. Again... Listener, can you tell it's been a while since we've recorded uh, an episode of Hello Newman? Listener, Um, I'm sorry uh, about the the poor level yesterday. I remember the Courtney Cox thing because they go to the dry cleaners and uh, I'm his wife and it's all very... Pre-friends. Pre-friends, yeah. So yeah, there wasn't a massive load. Um, This this was an episode I struggled with because Courtney Cox was just too distracting. Yeah, yeah, she is. It was it was a case of again, maybe I would have had a mm. different opinion had I watched this episode at the time, but I can't mm. help the fact of when I've seen it mm. that oh my goodness, that's Courtney Cox. And instead of believing in whatever character she was portraying, it was just Courtney Cox was on screen. Yeah, yeah. It's different from Terry Hatcher actually. Terry Hatcher had a bit more of a character to work with, whereas yeah, yeah. Courtney Cox turned up and and wasn't a particularly well-rounded character to be honest. She that's was fair. yeah. She was just um just trying to blag a discount on some dry cleaning, I think. Yeah. Do you know, I've got that feeling like, you know, when uh, you go for a test and you realise you've forgotten everything you've ever learned about the subject in hand. <laughs> and I feel like that right now, forgetting that so incredibly wrong. Um, at number 18 in our countdown is The Mango. Episode one, The Mango. Mm. Jerry learns an uncomfortable secret about his romance with Elaine. 
all the way back to the beginning of the uh, the season this one some good business with the mango if I remember rightly well lots of good Kramer stuff right yes yeah so it, it's Kramer's obsession with fruits there's there's been there will be and has been several fruit obsessions of his over the years and a subpar peach subpar peach yeah. absolutely no one likes subpar peach <laughs> it's just the one where he gets banned from the grocery store uh, I think so, yeah, from yeah. Groping, yeah. <laughs> groping all so the there, produce. There's, there's some good stuff with him then sending George as his... Um, That's right, yeah. Uh, you know, gopher to go yep. and get some, and the guys... So the I, I guess the, the story around Jerry... This was the uh, faking of the orgasm, wasn't it? That's it, yeah, yep. absolutely. See, but I, that had gone. That had gone. What I'm remembering is the really fun stuff with Kramer and George and the... The grocery store and the meat of the story kind of doesn't hasn't implanted itself even after a dozen viewings. <laughs> so, I think um, it was actually the, the the stuff about Jerry being obsessed about whether all of his partners had had genuine orgasms or not. It. Yeah, um, was the more for me the more interesting part of the story. That at, at the time I criticised this of being a retread of the contest. Sure. Because it kind of goes back to the same well a little bit. But you very rightly uh, said that this is the opening episode of a season in a brand new time slot, which has extra money and just that extra heft Mm. of the network behind it, really wanting it to succeed because Cheers had gone Mm -hmm. and it was kind of figuring out what it was going to do about it. Yeah. So why not Seinfeld? We've already got it. Let's put it in this slot and see how it does. And in terms of a statement of intent of what the show is about and what, you know, pushing the boundaries is a kind of a hacky phrase, but exactly what it's going to test. Yeah. You know, I think it makes it actually a very valid um, opener to a season and the things they do in it also, it is also like mm. super valid as well. And the running gag of, um, you know, if it's enough already and I want to sleep, yeah, <laughs> it's absolutely fantastic. Well, I don't know, I don't big know, fan of that. I don't know about you being a man in your 40s, but I kind of understand where, where that, that, that comes from now. I really like a good sleep now. It's, sometimes it's enough already. <laughs> yeah. um, big disparity there. I think I was marking mine. I marked that at... Uh, no, Steve ranked that at 10. I ranked it at 20. Yeah, that's 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 interesting. I think... Mm. I mean, I gave this a solid 7 out of 10, on, mm. you know, on my list. You know, it's like, I know there is better, mm. but that was pretty good. Um, oh, I think it probably still gets a 7 out of 10 from me. It's just quite a lot of this... Quite a lot of this season would get a 7 or better. Yeah. Yeah. You know. yeah, and then it becomes like a, a battle of the decimal points, doesn't yeah, it, absolutely. in terms of, of of what beats the other. Yeah. But clearly, like I say, I can remember, quote-unquote, the B story. Although, you know, if the, no, it is the B story. Jerry has to be A, I guess, doesn't he? Anyway, it's enough for me wittering about trying to understand how uh, hierarchies work in sitcoms uh, and say that at number 17, we had the stand-in. Episode 16, The Stand-In. When Kramer is hired as a stand-in on a soap opera, he befriends a little person. But his advice on how to look taller doesn't sit well with a midget's other friends. (gasps) Elsewhere, George is ready to break up with his girlfriend until he discovers that she's being urged to call it quits with him. 
I like that. I, I, I presume that you're you're not reading your own uh, summaries. Uh, the... No, these all come from um, Amazon Prime in the UK. I love I love the fact though that they went for the the correct terminology to start with, uh, mm-hmm. little person, yeah. which we accept that that's what people of diminished, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. of small, of smaller people are called, yeah. and and then decided to use the word midget. In the very next sentence. Yeah, it's something that we're trying <laughs> to move away from. That's very interesting. Um, uh, uh, the uh, dynamic between Kramer and Mickey is amazing. I love it. They're, they're, they're a, a duo that are as immediately enjoyable in this show as Kramer and Newman. Yes. Um, I, I like one of the things I really like about the character of Kramer in the sitcom is all his friends. Yeah. That he brings in, even though there's, there's, you know, ones you never meet, that, that all these friends come in and, and, and become part of, uh, his weird menagerie of, uh, outcasts. And sort of make, make the, really actually quite an interesting premise as well in terms of the pressure on Mickey to keep up with the growth of the child that he's yes. standing in yeah. for as yeah. well. So it's sort of interesting stuff. But yeah, I, it's very funny. Um, Jerry's story, I'm struggling to bring to mind. Um, yeah, what does um, what does Jerry get involved in in this episode? I, I, um, there's something about filter tolo. There's something about pachyderm story in this. Oh, the pachyderm. Yeah. Yeah, which is one of their friends. Uh, the... Is filter Tola in hospital? Yes, and so the pressure is on Jerry to go and give um, to make him laugh. To make him laugh, yes. like the Packardo yeah. made him laugh. Yeah, and he kind of basically goes there at the end and dies <laughs> on just, his ass. Yeah, it just yeah. it just doesn't work. Yeah, there we go. Which is funny, but but Kramer and Mickey are the real stars of this episode, aren't they? It's yeah. It's it's all all about the title. Yeah. The episode It's all yeah. about the stand-in. It's all about Kramer and Mickey. Mm. Um, and it, 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 one of the greatest strengths of Seinfeld is when you bring in a one-off character and the performance is just bang on. Yeah, immediate chemistry between the two of them. It's fantastic. A lot of trust. A very enjoyable episode. Yeah. Uh, even though it was quite low. Okay, so we've got a tie for 15th. This is unheard of. Yeah. Because I thought I had a system in place where this couldn't happen. Yeah. But still I am proved wrong. I managed well I managed to, to completely screw with that, didn't I? So uh, the Masseuse is is the lowest of the two fifteens on our on our chart. So let's go uh, with the Masseuse. Yes, let's start with the Masseuse then. Episode nine, the Masseuse. Jerry yearns for a massage from his new girlfriend. Elaine worries about her new boyfriend's name. Uh, an interesting story that actually there's there's a quite a serious message I think behind this episode in okay. terms of Jerry's coercion of the massage and if you if you choose to read in a meta commentary into this then actually is it a story about rape culture which yeah. It may or may not have been. I think yeah. it, I think it was. Therefore, I think it's a little more serious potentially um, than than, um, than some of the other Seinfeld episodes. But his constant frustration that his masseuse girlfriend won't give him a massage is also hilarious. The concept that 
Jerry is dating a masseuse and just wants a really good yeah. rub, not in that way. Hmm. Um, it, it is, it's funny, but there is a scene towards the end of the episode where he's just, you know, full on about it. Really coercing it, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, he's trying really to... Co- physical way, yeah. Yeah, he is. He's trying to coerce in, um, uh, her into a massage, and that is very much uh, a, a consent allegory, isn't it? I mean, Absolutely. Um, and... It's it's played for laughs, but the, you know there is that undertone. There is a slight uncomfortable feeling about it, um, and I think that's a really interesting thing to do. But it's also it's also one of the really nice things about where we go this season, where they're really not scared to make their characters bad people. Yes. Oh yeah. You know, they're. You know, it's hard to root for anyone in this season. Really, you can find them funny, but they're all bad people, and they all demonstrate how bad they are. Uh, 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 on several points during the the season, and then this one, Jerry is an absolute heel. Yeah, yeah. But then um, there's there's also a different kind of coercion at play with Elaine and Joel Rifkin. Yes. Um, and even though it's not as physically abusive Mm -hmm. she is definitely trying to take advantage of situations to change a person she's in a relationship with to be slightly more comfortable for her because his name isn't so weird yes um yeah so yeah elaine being a dreadful person too quite openly and happily being a dreadful they're all dreadful people one can only hope they get their comeuppance so um uh, also 15 the bris Episode 5, The Briss. Jerry and Elaine agree to be godparents to a couple's newborn boy, but they're apprehensive about the duties they must perform at the baby's first religious ceremony. The Moyle's funny. The Moyle is incredible. He's funny. Um, But otherwise, the episode just felt a little bit stilted to me. That's, That's just my memory of it, to be honest. So, yeah, what have we got going on in this episode? Um, There's, you know, this definitely builds to that ceremony, Mm. to the moil, to the bris. And um, the character, again, being the driving force, um, the moil, you know, being a little bit disheveled and disorganised, very good at his job. Very good. But he just doesn't. He doesn't care for his job. He doesn't yeah. like kids, but this is what he's ended up doing, you know? Very much a Seinfeld character, though. Full of bluster, very loud. Yep. Very Larry David. We had... Uh, we had. This is the episode with um, Big Man, Pig Man, Ha Ha Shiraji Bar. Oh, right. yeah. <laughs> Which was just that whole visit to the mental oh, course, uh, yeah. uh, level the of a hospital. Yeah, was, Kramer and the Pig Man. Yeah, which is... It's like... When you think back to it, it's like, oh, what was that all about? Mm. But it, I guess it was just filling time in an episode, to be honest. Um, what, what else goes on here? Kramer does live live in a magical reality. He though, does, which is, yeah, he does. And I kind of like the fact that I don't, I don't think Seinfeld doesn't sit in isn't magical reality. It's a, it's just, it kind of an approximation, yeah. a comedic approximation of, of single life in New York. But I like the fact that one of the characters does, and really successfully, and more so as time goes on. I guess a couple of things that kind of bring the hospital back into play, isn't it, is that Jerry gets a bit of his thumb cut off. Yes. He has his <laughs> which, thumb which, circumcised, which, essentially. Yeah, which drives them to go to the hospital, where um, obviously the pig man thing, that, mm. that kind of all crosses paths. But then... 
Not that I would have picked up on it hugely at the time, but you did. The closing scene is basically a send-up of The Godfather. Sure. Um, so that was, I guess, just an opportunity to have a, a, an extra little giggle there. It was. Ent- I remember it being entertaining, if not um, kind of the type of episode that I I enjoy mm-hmm. the most, if that makes sense. Yeah. Which kind of explains why it's there. Yeah, and I think they are hard to separate those two, actually. Yeah. I yeah. think that's that's. I think this all works out really very well and good. And really very well and good. So it was a case of just just to briefly explain. I think um, each of these episodes got a sixteen and a thirteen from one of us. Yeah. So there was literally just nothing to yeah. split this. It's going to be quite uncommon, I think, from uh, from from here on in. But we're, we're okay. We're okay now because number fourteen is two episodes joined together. It's the raincoats parts one and two. So this uh, we sum up as episode 18, The Raincoats, Kramer's money-making scheme to sell vintage raincoats designed by Jerry's dad, backfires. Yeah, that's a pretty good summary. Um, uh, obviously, it all, all goes to hell in a handcart. Quite a farcical episode. Um, yeah, I'd say so. Uh, as, as it ramps up towards the end, I struggle with two-parters for some reason. Uh, it's. Uh, I, I feel like I want my story told in 22 minutes on Seinfeld. Yeah. Get it done. Uh, also makes life uh, more complicated for recording this podcast. <laughs> That's true. Which I resent. Uh, it's funny. It's got Jerry's parents in it. They're funny. Kramer's relationship with um, Marty um, is always very funny. Yes. Um, other than that, though... Um, I think, for me, it feels like there was too much story for one episode and it doesn't feel as tight as a normal Seinfeld episode because they have time to keep the stuff in that would get edited out normally during the process. So it just felt a little bit baggy. So let's talk about the difference of opinion here mm. and, and, and why the Raincoats has ended up uh, as, as a Hello Newman rank yeah. of 14. Yeah. You scored this 19. Yeah. I scored it 7. Yeah. So we saw very different things. Yeah, and it's the bagginess, I think, that, that, that caused me to give it the low score is I don't feel that it's like a, a, a Seinfeld episode, and especially a good, it's like a finely tuned machine. Yep. Whereas uh, slightly detuned in the raincoats, slightly, you know, it's like a puffy shirt, this episode for me. I love it. There's some brilliant, brilliant stuff in it. But I also think there's, for a Seinfeld episode, there's a few more still moments than I would have liked. Okay, fair enough. For me, um, I felt like it earned its double length. There There were plenty of characters and there was definitely enough story to warrant it. It's also an episode where everything intertwines very well. Jerry is kind of the hub, which brings all of those different stories together. He has quite an amusing little aside um, of, uh, blimey, this is the uh, Schindler's List cinema trip, isn't of it? Course, I think, yeah. Um, where Newman rats out on him. Mm-hmm. And that that kind of just like little concept of these two adults being like teenagers, you know, and and being yeah. answerable to Rachel, Rachel's dad, uh, was was you know a nice little aside. George ends up being stuck with an absolute uh, arse of a kid in Paris. <laughs> um, 
trying to trying to like earn some points on being able to doing it but then when he realizes that the kid is an absolute pain maybe not so much um the cons- the costanzas and the seinfelds cross paths yeah so jerry and george's parents are fully aware of each other in this episode oh and the enmity between uh oh god the enmity between um this has the paella stuff as well doesn't it i think um, I can't remember well, rightly. Yeah, I think they the were supposed inv- the invitation, to the invitation round. So um, the Seinfelds avoid the invitation. Yeah, they didn't round want to, the to go over to. Yeah, and um, she made uh, paella. 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 We all get to enjoy saying paella. Paella. Um, an, or- an orgiastic feast. <laughs> it was yeah. referred to. Yep. Um, and also, Judge Reinhold. Oh yeah, Judge Reinhold was the in this in, talker. in the in the uh, close talker and befriender of the elderly. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, um, there was loads in this episode that I like, which is why I gave it a seven. I'm not going to disagree with any of our kind of finalised mm. ranks in here. I can't, you know, all the things which are above stand out fantastically well. No, when I listen to you talk to it and go, yeah, oh, yeah, I do love that episode. Yeah, no, it is quite. Oh, I do <laughs> yeah. like Judge Reinhold in it. But I'm just ranking it, and like, if I had to watch them again, what order would I watch them in? In terms, sure, of enjoying? yeah, yeah, yeah. If I watch them all again, I'll watch them in the order that they presented them. In, to be honest with it, and enjoy them greatly. Um, it's just, I, I'm going to say this: it is a personal thing about double episodes. Yeah, it, it, that's fair. It's in my head, and I don't know why. Um, but I agree with everything you said, Steve. It's a, a maybe I was maybe I was harsh. Um, Thirteen is. The Stall. Episode 12, The Stall. Elaine agonises over a woman's refusal to pass her some toilet tissue when she finds that her restroom stall is lacking. Meanwhile, Kramer convinces Jerry that his girlfriend Jane makes a living telling phone secrets and George acts giddy around Elaine's new hunky boyfriend. See, I haven't got a square to spare. <laughs> yep. The, uh, the boyfriend's the climber, isn't yep. he? Yep. Um, I I I really I I mark this somewhat higher than you. Um, funnily enough, there's quite a. Although actually, the next the next one's got the, big, the yeah, biggest. Yeah, we'll, we'll probably be fighting over this one. Yeah. So yeah. this is in, yeah, this is interesting. I got a square to spare. Uh, not a square to spare. Um, yeah, I gave this a seventeen, and you gave this a nine. Uh, but I think the trouble is, is that these are so close. Yeah, yeah. When I'm giving when I'm giving these episodes like sevens and eights out of tens, they are so close to each other. Yeah. Um, that it literally does become just like a just a margin that that will put one above the other. So I fill this in on another day. It probably comes out looking completely different. For sure. For sure. It's a Larry Charles written episode, which is probably the least dark. Of his work so and far, probably the silliest. And it is, yeah, it is the, the silliest. rock climbing the f- stuff is bonkers. The fact that George is so eager to impress, yeah, this mimbo, <laughs> that he's brought sandwiches with him, <laughs> and that is the reason why he falls off the cliff edge. Maybe Incredible. I, maybe it's because I identify with me and my weird social camouflage. Yeah, all right, mate. I can totally see that being me. Now, next up is. Um, uh, a huge difference in in ranking. It's our number twelve, um, uh, but uh, yeah, we'll we're, we're, we're discuss it once Steve's once Steve summarised it. Episode nineteen: The Fire. George panics during a fire at his girlfriend's son's <laughs> birthday party and bolts for an escape route, while Kramer's girlfriend has a heckling laugh that threatens to ruin Jerry's act at a comedy club. 
Um, I, I think I marked this purely for the scene around George. <laughs> Um, panicking at a children's party, pushing everyone out of the way, and then basically having to live with that once he gets outside yep. um, and the consequences of everyone's ire against him. I, it's a brilliant moment for George. <coughs> excuse me. And I think I think I'm marking this for a moment as much as I am for an episode. I think you're right. The, the, the image of George panicking like that just tickles my ribs so much yeah. that I couldn't give it a lower score than this just because I'm so fond of the episode purely for that moment a bit like a kid when you watch a sci-fi film and there's just one bit of special effects you really like but you think it's good film because, because of, that. of that and yeah. then you watch it as an adult uh, sorry or an adult <laughs> uh, adult <laughs> you, watch it, you watch it when you're grown up and uh, it turns out the film was crap and the special mm. effects were also crap um, only this episode is not crap you know what it's not <laughs> It's not. And I, you know, this is our biggest split, our biggest difference of opinion in the entire season. You've, you've given this a very fond score of five. I've put this down to 19. I think from my perspective, it's again an episode which is a series of moments, not necessarily something which is as fluid as some of the other stuff that mm-hmm. happens. Uh, it's also important to note that what is happening in this portion of the season is it's setting the character of George up for a turnabout. Yeah. So the last few episodes of this season, you know, will have their own stories going on, but there's George is pushed to the front a little bit more than you normally expect. You know, you're seeing a bit more of George's predicament with his parents with you know his faults and his bad points and stuff because of what happens at the end of the season and and that gives the fire an extra level of significance i think on that front as well in terms of how it just basically links with his character arc eric the clown is great again that kind of that one-off character that comes in and just hits the note perfectly a very new york clown yeah Um, i think John Favreau, yes, of um, movie director fame. Mm. Um, also tied in with that is um, a, a bonus flashback, which we get, which is like yeah. George and his connection with clowns and stuff like that. I think one of the one of the other standout moments towards the end is Kramer making every stop on the bus, kind of retelling his um, yes. his adventure, which was absolutely incredible. Um, well, it's another one where they provide brilliant a brilliant monologue for yeah. one of their characters. Yeah, just they're, monologuing, they're, describing a scene that we never see, and it's hilarious. There is, there is, I think, one better example of that this season, and that is considerably higher up our it table. Is, it is considerably higher, yes. Um, I think the other thing that I criticised this episode for, and it's interesting that this and the raincoats end up so close together, actually, in that respect, is that the toby character the girlfriend who is an obnoxious laugher in the um in 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 the club is we we kind of differed on this a little bit in the in the fact that obviously she's she's over friendly she's over nice she's she's loud she laughs she's all this kind of stuff and people like her but she ends up being a foil for jerry and 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 then the stuff that's going on there and i just felt that in terms of an over nice character, it wasn't performed as well as Judge Reinhold had done 
mm-hmm. very recently. Yeah. And I think that was another thing that just didn't quite work for me. Even sure. though she had to be a foil, I think it was probably played a little too broad to really fully sure. work. Anyway, yeah, so I, I, I think that... that the differences are as like you definitely remember this for what George goes through, mm-hmm. and I rem- remember it for being like, yeah, it's okay, but things don't glue together as well as they mm. could have done. I'm, I'm noticing as I'm going through this, I'm, I'm definitely it's notable moments and quotables. I seem to be marking higher. Uh huh. So um, maybe you know after you've watched an episode, that's what you're left with. Sure. Yeah. You know. Um, Especially if you watch it several times and you're mm. just waiting for that. Oh, this scene is incredible. Yeah. This line is great. You know. Yeah. Talking of which, at number eleven is the Hamptons. Episode twenty: The Hamptons. Jerry and his friends take an ill-fated trip to the beach. Surely they must have heard of shrinkage, Steve. <laughs> shrinkage. Everyone's heard of shrinkage, and um, this is quotables. Seinfeld famous for quotables. This is the big quotable. When George's penis is seen by Jerry's girlfriend, yep, and he's just come out of the pool, and he's quite right, shrinkage does occur, it goes away. Um, well, I, it is a bit cold. Yeah, I yeah. sympathise sympathise with George entirely, um, who it, he spends an awful lot of his time trying to get revenge. Yep, uh, by seeing her naked, which is uh, this day and age uh, unacceptable. Um, and also, you have uh, Kramer, the uh, lobster thief. Who manages to? Um, uh, uh, he's a bad guy in this. He he convinces. Uh, no, is it George? No, George does it at the end, doesn't he? Gets the uh, Jewish lady to eat shellfish or strictly Jewish. Yes, lady he does. To eat yes, shellfish. yes, yes. So there's a there's a great little. Um, that, that's uh, Jerry's girlfriend, Rachel. That's it. Yeah. Uh, after yeah. the whole Schindler's this thing, they managed yeah. to get back together. Because Kramer stops her, doesn't he? Yes, he's up, like in, he's a good guy. He's he sitting, stops her. he's sitting in the kitchen That's in it. the dark, yeah. with a cigar, yeah, yeah. <laughs> almost of ready course. to catch her out. Because Kramer yeah. is is a um, uh, magical reality. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's it. And George in the end tries to, which is good because it had to be a Jewish character doing that to another. If it had been Kramer doing it to the Jewish character, it would have been really awful. Yeah. One very anti-Semitic. So we've got um, George's girlfriend, Jane, who um, the moment George goes off to get some of those delicious tomatoes, just whips her top off. Yes. Then we've got the situation where George then walks in on Rachel. Mm-hmm. That happens a couple of times. Yeah. It makes it all awkward. It's... it's um. Uh, what was the what was the 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 the, the reason that they went there? There was that they were staying with some friends. They had a baby, the, mm-hmm. and the baby was breathtaking. And Elaine kind of had a crush on the doctor, and so I don't know. Things yeah. went together quite well on this one. Well, they um, invited out to the Hamptons for the weekend. It yeah, was something they yeah. did. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and then uh, <laughs> George is basically just beset for the rest of the episode to just get things proved right for him. Yeah, and when that doesn't work, and Jane leaves, not Jane leaves, but when Jane. Leaves. Yeah, she's, she's she's not, not in, this, in one. this one no um that um he then just mix mixes up some lobster in an omelet yep what a horrible man he's he's <laughs> dreadful um I, I i love the hamptons but again yeah late season episode uh-huh lots of george business yes lots of george business lots of george business in the house jungle is massive 
unless it's a small jungle. Yeah, um, that is our top 11. That is our top 11. Should I do a countdown? Or, yeah, a countdown or a count up, however we like to do okay, this. Okay, so at number 21, the puffy shirt. Number 20, the conversion. At 19, we have the wife. 18, the mango. At 17, we're heightening with the stand-in. Good. Uh, number 15 is the Briss and the Masseuse. We were unable to split them. 14 is the Raincoats, part 1 and 2. Uh, at 13, the Storm. Uh, number 12 was the Fire. And at number 11, as we've just discussed, is the Hamptons. Number 10, Steve. The Sniffing Accountant. Episode 4, The Sniffing Accountant. Worried about their investments, Jerry, Kramer and Newman search for clues to determine if their accountant's unexplained sniffle could be related to something he may have snorted. My uh, my favourite quotable, he's feeling good all the time, <laughs> uh, as, uh, as Kramer chugs a beer while smoking a cigarette. The second take. Yes. Yeah, I remember you saying that yeah, the first yeah. time he belches. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Which I, I think they should have kept. There you go. Probably, probably wouldn't have got past standards and practices. Um, yeah. So an Angora jumper causes... That's Yeah, it was an allergy, wasn't it? Yeah, yes. causes all sorts of difficulties as, as, um, as Jerry's hideous jumper, the second hideous piece of clothing he wears <laughs> yeah. during this season. Boy, it was terrible. Um, causes his uh, accountant to act as though he has a cocaine addiction. And that's really the centre of that particular story. Turns out he was bent as well. Yeah. But um, uh, not uh, in the way that they thought. There is um, there's some cool stuff happening in this. I think this, this episode flows together really well. Yep. We have um, some pendant publishing action. Elena's dating a guy and it's his manuscript. Yes. I think if, if, if I remember this rightly, that is the being pushed through. Exclamation point. That's it. She, she, I, to, I think out of spite, she put some in for some reason. <laughs> I can't remember why. Um, George is pushed into the um, brass selling business by his dad. So <laughs> there's some great stuff going on there. Parts are called. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cups up the front, loops around the back. Um, there's... Both Frank and Estelle get involved in that. That's just like a really uncomfortable kitchen Go scene. Go get with one them. of your brass. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, no. Uh, do you know, I'd, I'd all but forgotten that. That is wonderful. Yeah, and uh, there's some fun activity as well with um, Kramer, Newman, and Jerry all basically doing a stakeout. <laughs> yep. Especially early on in the season as well. This one is like really good fun. Really good fun. Yes. Um, I give this an eight. You give this a 14. Mm -hmm. um, I think it deserves its place in the top 10. It's a cracking little episode. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I've got to admit, now, you know, even even though the, our top 10 doesn't correspond, sorry, our top 21, our rankings, I beg your pardon. Yes. Got mm -hmm. There we go. That doesn't correspond with my the way I scored them. I kind of agree with it, actually. I think it's probably turned out about right. Um, the sniffing accountant, then. Yeah. Uh, at number nine, the glasses. Episode 3, The Glasses. George's stolen glasses mm. set off a bizarre chain of events. Yeah, so um, George loses his glasses and ends up buying new glasses from a blind guy because he's got pinchy glasses from the uh, opticians where if he says Kramer, he gets a discount. <laughs> yeah. 
So, yeah, I mean, the, the, the whole thing is, is around George losing his glasses, ends up buying a pair of women's glasses. That's right, yeah. And then um, uh, swaps glasses with a blind guy because I guess he figures that the blind guy won't mind the fact that they pinch and that they are women's glasses. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is quite a George-led episode, actually, about those glasses. Yeah. Um, there's a really fun story, but there is that technically clunky bit with the dog in the shop yeah and and i think as you said at the time that was more likely because potentially it was scripted in a way that there would be an interaction with the dog outside Mm -hmm. but for whatever reason it wasn't going to be easy to film so then it just had to be kind of brought into something that they already had set up right um but ordinarily you wouldn't have something where a guy comes in with a dog, does very little, Elaine gets bit and then they leave. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just so weird. I've just bought my dog in the <laughs> shop to bite someone. Done, right, see you later. Even if it was like, oh, sorry, wrong shop. Would have been something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's the one next door. Oh, Who knows? Oh, you know what you've just done? You've just punched up a little bit of Seinfeld there. You're <laughs> right, that would have been funnier. <laughs> Chomp, sorry, wrong shop. Off he goes. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Um... Uh, this, I mean, what really works though is this is like a silly. This is a silly episode, and yeah. it wears its silly on its sleeve, and it does it well. Mm. Um, we've got the whole thing about George's squint, him being able to see things on the road, but mm. actually he can't. Um, uh, although he could spot a, a quarter or a dime or something on the floor, <laughs> which is, um, I'm pretty sure they are um, referencing Donald Pleasance in um, The Great Escape. When Donald okay. Pleasance claims that he can see the coin from across the... Their that question, would make sense. Their question is eyesight. No, I can see perfectly well. Um, and uh, Kramer, um, mm. uh, the man of many talents. Yes. Um, air conditioner expert. Yes. Yeah, he fitted that beautifully, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no dogs were harmed in the making <laughs> of that air conditioning just, unit. Just lets down the, <laughs> let's, let's down the blind <laughs> clunk. Installed. Installed. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Is it 1,000 BTUs of power? It, yeah, so that, that, there's there's some cracking stuff in there to be honest. Um, oh, the um, the reason why Kramer gets the discount is because he cures the uh, the the guy in the glasses shop of a chocolate addiction. Yes, yeah, so a chocolate addiction. <laughs> yeah, of course. And then the next time we visit the store yeah. post traumatic experience, he's yeah. just necking Babe Ruth. Yes, yeah. <laughs> there's loads of little things like that in here, which are just brilliant. Manic. Um, he's a manic pixie Kramer. Yeah, so the the glasses, which um, we also agree on. Yeah, um, in a, you know, in our in our famed wacky uh, ranking system, we yeah. both agree on this yeah. uh, and give this an eleven. Yeah, but because of the way the numbers work, this ends up number nine. Um, I, I think I think again, it deserves its spot in the top ten. It's, Steve, it's a good one. Steve explains how the rankings work every year <laughs> uh, on the on the on the podcast every every season. He explains it to me. It's even kind of there in the spreadsheet that we use. Yes. Still don't get it. Number eight eight is The Dinner Party. Episode 13, The Dinner Party. En route to a dinner party, Elaine and Jerry pair off to find a perfect dessert. While Kramer and George search for the right wine, only nothing seems to work out the way they planned. So this is primarily set in a bakery... And uh, an off-licence 
and outside Knopf license, isn't it? Um, yeah, we see next to nothing of the party itself. With um, a beautiful cameo voiced by Larry David by uh, Saddam Hussein. Oh, God, really? I can't remember that. Yeah, it's... Um, oh, was it on the TV? No, it's the, the guy oh, who on the the, the blocks them in in the car. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> so dumb. Yeah, it's Saddam, uh, Saddam Hussein, essentially. Yeah, I remember that. So it's or a guy that looks like Saddam Hussein blocks them in. I think it was the lookalike that was doing <laughs> the circuit at the time. Almost certainly, almost certainly. Persian Gulf, Persian Gulf. So this is probably a... Uh, uh, has the most connective tissue of this season, I would say, to the Chinese restaurant. Yeah, I'd agree so, with that. And I and I think I think if you talk gold standard for pure writing in Seinfeld, then the Chinese restaurant is probably right yeah. up there because it, it's it's just an hour of you're not re- people aren't going anywhere. It's just dialogue. For and and this is this is the same. So you get you get a lovely you get. Jerry and Elaine together. Yep. Which is lovely. And you get George and Kramer together and the sort of the way they work together and sort of like Kramer obviously triggering the hell out of George's anxiety at all times and causing him to lose his lovely jacket and Yeah, that was that was that was the really like big jacket as well, wasn't it? And he knocks some booze over in the liquor store. Yeah, that's it. Wow. And ends up having to surrender it and then of course there's the um the black and white cookie. Yes, that makes Jerry ill, and the um, babka. It, they the were babka. looking for babka. Yeah, the wait for the last babka, which which because of uh, Jerry's sickness, they end up missing out. Yeah, black and white do not mix is the message <laughs> of this story, rather worryingly. Yeah, I think um, I, I, I think th- its greatest strength is it's a real character vehicle. There's just you know. It's quite sedate in terms of pace, but mm. it gives the breathing room um, for, you know, the character work, for, for just some funny lines, you know, just for a bit of yeah. wordplay, just some funny lines, you know. And I, I really, really like it because of that. I think at the time I said that it should be a top 10 show, so it's, it's good to see that it made it. Hey, we both had it in our top 10, so which is why um, it appears what it does. That's true, we did. Number seven. The cigar store. I'm going to say Native American. The, the cigar <laughs> store Indian is number seven. Episode ten. The cigar store Indian. Elaine's Native American friend Winona thinks Jerry is racially insensitive when he presents Elaine with a cigar store Indian statue as a peace offering after not driving her home from George's place. So it's possibly. I I really like it. I think there's some funny stuff in it. I ranked it more lowly then my ranking was lower than yours. That's the true, correct yeah. order of words. Um, I think it's a story... I don't think you have to be, like, completely culturally aware of cigar store Indians and their place in American culture. I don't think you necessarily have to. Well, I don't know if it... There, there's something about, about it that doesn't work as well as uh, 12 of the other... <laughs> 12 of the other episodes of this season to be honest with you it's funny there's some good stuff in it Jerry again is an arse um yeah I mean what can I say man they're all good episodes yeah there's loads in this I like absolutely loads and I think that's why I I I do score this higher I give this a 5 you give this a 12 Mm. there god there is just so much happening so Mm. um we've got 
the whole uh, apology thing and the cigar store Indian and let's smoke and peace pipe and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, which is just super uncomfortable. Yeah. It's like one of the most uncomfortable moments we've had in the show so far, which yeah. is really great. We've got George dating a woman and taking her back to his parents' place while his parents are away. Yes, of course. And trying to carry it off like it's his place. Mm. That was you know, I think, again, this is another thing I said at the time. It is amazing to be this far into mm-hmm. Seinfeld series and only now are we doing the thing where George takes a woman back to his parents' place. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Halfway through season five almost mm-hmm. and we're doing that, that then. Yeah. Um, which is um, just nuts. Oh, some prune juice. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, what else have we got going on here? Um, this is the... TV Guide episode. Yes, of course. Um, I love Lucy. I love Lucy, the Lucy show. We've got the dashing for the gyros um, Mm -hmm. at one of the key stations in Queens. There's so much happening. Um, uh, Kramer's book. We talk about Kramer's book in this as well um, with the the built-in coaster and all this kind of stuff. There's loads happening in this one and and it's it's fast-paced, it's well-managed, loads of gags. Just, yeah, I loved it. That was the Scar Store Indian. Uh, and number six, big difference in opinion here as well, is The Opposite. Episode 21, The Opposite. George does The Opposite and turns his life around. I think I I like this in so much as something works for George. Sure. I also like this, I think now, analysing my thinking behind, because this was normally number two. Mm-hmm. I like what this sets up. You know what's to come. So I'm, I'm kind of, yeah, I'm kind of marking it with hindsight as well because just there's a whole world of happiness for me ahead in, in, in season six, which I think is actually a better season than season five. Okay, awesome. more consistent, stronger, um, all the way. So yeah, I, it's nice to see stuff go good for George. And that's an absolutely perfect and mm. fair score to give it from your perspective it's yes. like you know you know what's to come you uh know the journey all of these characters take yeah. so yeah why not i give this a 14 i think it's in that middle spot where a lot of episodes actually score very closely and so some unfortunately just have to suffer yeah um that's not to say that you know it's awful i really enjoyed it it's lots of fun the idea of turning things around for George is great. Um, and also the fact that by him doing that, the universe shifts. Yes. Jerry, it all evens out, as it always does for Jerry. Always. always. Elaine, though, she has a she has a run of bad luck yeah. in this episode. Yes. That's fascinating as yes, well, so what, just to kind of like have that going on. Elaine loses. Yeah. Yeah, very interesting. Great idea. Great idea. It is um, good fun. Yeah, um, and uh, to be honest as well, just like, what a closer for a season two. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, by, by by no means do I dislike what this episode is doing. Um, but again, it you know, number six in the top ten, well earned. Yep. At number five, the non-fat yoghurt. Episode seven, the non-fat yoghurt. Jerry and Elaine question Kramer's claim about a non-fat yoghurt. So, uh, Jerry swears in front of a child. <laughs> yeah, and the child swears back. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love the intrigue in this. I love the, the whole, you know, taking the sample and 
getting it independently tested. Got the results back. Fit. Um, it's uh, in the days before we understood about carbohydrates uh, yep. as opposed to fats. Now what you want is a fat, no sugar yogurt, uh, not a non-fat sugary yogurt. Um, so obviously dietary uh, dietary requirements have changed, but a fast-moving, very funny, yeah. enjoyable story that that has the characters doing fun and funny things. What was the the deal with the kid? Wasn't it about? He was the, the the child of the people who owned of, the, of, who owned the thing, yeah. And obviously store. the 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 store's kind of fortunes mm. changed because of the whole fat situation, yeah. I think as well. Um, and Newman and his fellow postman buddies obviously really enjoyed the the previous form of the yogurt, and he yeah. in a in a very uh, very arch way swears revenge. Really fast paced, lots going on, densely packed, good stuff. Yes. Um, there's the nonsense in the uh, science lab. Yeah. With Kramer and the, uh, the the lab technician who he is in a relationship with. He ends I up think. in a relationship. Ends up in a relationship with. Because yeah. um, they have the Bunsen burner that's on the yellow flame, and it's like, well, no, you always have the Bunsen burner on the blue flame. Blue, surely. Blue's the fun one. Come on now. Yeah. Um. <coughs> uh, there's something about uh, Mayor uh, Giuliani's um, cholesterol. <laughs> that's right. Because <laughs> yeah. they were tes- they were testing his blood. Yeah, and got the man the man himself to do it. And again, with hindsight, um, Giuliani. Is the scum of the earth, so uh, <laughs> I, I'll put my politics right out there, which is a shame. But yeah, I, it's a fun, fast-paced, fun episode. Isn't yeah, it? there's 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 some cracking things going on. Elaine's dating mm. someone assisting the mayor. I think the mayor they had before it, Giuliani. Yeah. Oh and all no, that stuff. it's um, or, oh my goodness, was it it's the, George's, uh, an no, it's George's George's uh, arch enemy from from his school days who's called oh. can't remember <laughs> do your research James um, I will remember at some point in the next four episodes I imagine I expect so we'll get yeah. there I mean I'm scanning through my notes and I can't find it but it's yes that is a character that, that turns up and you say it won't Lloyd be for the Braun. last time there we go Lloyd Braun there see we there we go done yeah. easy thank you um, yeah there number four then uh, we put the Barber, which was your your favourite and my eighth favourite. Episode 8, The Barber. Jerry frets over leaving his incompetent barber. George gets a job. Um, it's farcical. And I think maybe I struggle a little more with the farcical episodes than I do non. I've scored it high, but you've made it your number one. So I guess really um, you ought to be riding this pony. <laughs> I guess so. Um... I think the farcical side of it, the theatrical side of it, mm. the the Barber of Seville kind yeah. of reinterpretation within this episode part uh-huh. of it, is is kind of the extra layer of deliciousness. Yes, that that puts this at number one. Is not only is it a funny episode, but it's actually doing something with the format at yeah, the same yeah. time. And that, that I think that's why I really enjoyed this one, and would give it a chef's kiss. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and 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 also because of that theatrical element, the things going on with the barber and the um, the barber's Gino and Enzo, the barber's mm-hmm. assistant, and almost a kind of a kind of a strange almost romance between. Jerry and Enzo, oh, hide in the cupboard, pretend you're not here, all of this kind of stuff is, is, is um, you know, 
If it were, if if something like this were in an episode of Frasier, I'd roll my eyes because that's like most episodes of yeah, Frasier. Yeah. In Seinfeld is great because it stands out and it's different. And again, it's kind of a bit arch and it's doing something with the format. And so that's why, that's why I'm such a, a big fan of this one. But there's other, you know, that put that to one side. There are other things going on. George kind of ends up in a job that he didn't really get and just kind of blagging <laughs> his way through the work day. The Penske files are involved in this, Penske if I remember files. rightly. Uh, <laughs> Jerry threatens Newman with a hair trimmer. Yes. <laughs> Towards yeah. the end. That's like, whoa. <laughs> um, no, there's, yeah, that's why I love it so much because of just that, inventiveness that's great, also involved great performances from the supporting cast as well really helps make this episode um, oh yes thank you steve You're so welcome. we're into our top three so shall we do a recap of yeah. 10 till 4 um, before we start our top three we shall yeah absolutely uh, let's um uh, I'll, I'll just wait for the music okay at number 10 the sniffing accountant coming in at number nine the glasses uh, number eight was the dinner party. At number seven, we had the Scar Store Indian. Thank you. Number six was the opposite. Number five, the non-fat yogurt. Fat. And at number four, the barber. Number three, the marine biologist. Episode 14, the marine biologist. Romance starts to blossom between George and his former college classmate Diane after Jerry falsely tells her that George is a successful marine biologist. Meanwhile, Elaine's electronic organiser injures an innocent passerby when it is thrown out of the window of a moving limousine. The sea was angry that day, my friend. <laughs> like an old man trying to send back soup at a deli. Um, Elaine's, Elaine's story with the author... War, what is it good for? Wasn't the original title, Elaine. <laughs> Jerry was clearly joking. You silly, silly girl. Um, woman, sorry, she's a woman. Um, if if this was twenty minutes of the characters silently staring at each other, yeah, and all it was was that monologue <laughs> by George at the end, this would still be third. For me, yeah, that monologue is one of the best things, one of the best pieces of writing in Seinfeld, I think, throughout its entire run. I love it so much. The imagery, like the sea was like an old man trying to send back soup in a deli. It's, I don't live in New York. I haven't seen old men trying to send soup. I, the, the imagery is, is evocative immediately. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's getting out. It's just, it's beautiful. He's always wanted to pretend to be a marine biologist and he gets his chance. And he's the hero. George saves the day. <laughs> um, there's a, a wonderful, um, on the DVDs, as an yeah. extra, there's a wonderful animated version of that where you actually get to see George rescue the whale. But yeah, um, it was my third favourite. I adore this episode. It's, uh, I love it. It's good. I thoroughly enjoy this episode as well i only give it a six it is brilliant though it is a brilliant episode it quite rightly gets an eight out of ten for me um it earns that monologue though that's mm. the thing i mean you could just have that monologue by itself and it's brilliantly written and excellently yeah. delivered but it absolutely earns it there's so much 
There's so much kind of franticness happening in George's desperation to get Diane to continue to like him despite this preposterous facade mm-hmm. he's trying to carry. Um, the beached whale just being an absolutely ridiculous concept as well is, 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 is kind of fun as well. Um, we've got... The, the, the tying into to, to Kramer's golf. Yes. As well. So the kappa of the thing that's making the whale suffer yep. being a golf ball and then Kramer's final line is that a titleist <laughs> is is genius and the fact that also you see Jerry and Elaine both break <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> because it's so funny why wouldn't you be laughing at that stuff you know there's um there's a a little little bit of uh a, a side action as well with a couple of good characters Testikov the Russian author yeah brilliant that um Elena's representing mm-hmm. um is is a great turn and um Carol Kane's in this yes uh, playing um character called Corinne I can't remember exactly how she gets involved in all of that she gets I, hit by the oh uh, that's right yes yeah, she, she's the one that gets hit by the organizer out, and then Jerry has uh, Jerry is involved somehow with Corin anyway, and yep. it's uh, that's it. They're in monks. She's yeah. retelling the story, and you watch him as he realizes mm. what's happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that bit. Um, yeah, this is great. I mean, this this. Um, I think I think you probably said at the time this probably is like most people's favorite. Yeah, from this season, I can see why. It's got a lot going on. It's good. Mm. Not necessarily our favorite though. Only number three, but you know, brilliant season. Number two. Lip Reader. Episode 6, The Lip Reader. George tries to capitalise on Jerry's date with a deaf woman. And and hilarity ensues. I mean, it's a very funny premise that you would co-opt a deaf friend into uh, trying to find out what people are saying about you. At least she consented. She did consent. Yeah, yeah that was something that was important. Um, but, of course... It's probably always wise to try and ascertain exactly how good a lip reader <laughs> that particular person is. Six is good. Um, yeah, they, they, we we had uh, we had some uh, uh, little nonsense fun at the uh, tennis um, tournament. Um, oh, John, John, uh, <laughs> um, with with George scarfing the banana Sunday. That's right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> making a mess of himself on national TV. national television yeah everyone gets to uh, bring that bring that to him um kramer testing out to be a ball man um i suppose which is hilarious um, and perfect yeah. use of michael richards and his talent as yeah. well yeah uh, knocks over monica celez yeah because of course he does yeah there's there was some there was there was a little aside with some word play in the car um the character of laura the mm-hmm. uh, deaf woman was brilliant again yeah, very good one w- one of those characters that come in surrounded by not very nice people but themselves couldn't be nicer absolutely absolutely lovely i mean it's a, it's an early episode so it's kind of a little harder for me to remember some of the details but there's there's some great great stuff going on there wasn't there a bit where um george and jerry were double dating and they were trying to have a conversation and not have oh, and uh, not the have their front. lips read yeah, yeah, they're putting the menus up in front of their faces oh god yeah yeah so there's all there's all that kind of stuff as well yeah this is great fun actually i really yeah, it's liked hilarious it hilarious episode i yeah. mean you're sa- you, you ranked it number two so. i did i did i put this number yeah. two yeah, it's very good so uh shall we count down then from 21 till 2 before we reveal our isn't that what people do we can do that we can yeah. 
take it all the way from 21 yeah. to 2. Uh, uh, do you think I can make it the whole way through, Steve? What do you reckon? I think you can. I believe okay. in you. Let's go for it. Okay. At 21 was the puffy shirt. Number 20, the conversion. 19 was the wife. 18, the mango. At 17 was the stand-in. A joint 15 was the Briss and the Masseuse. 14 was the Raincoats, part 1 and 2. 13, the Store. At number 12, the Fire. 11 was the Hamptons. Number 10 was the Sniffing Accountant. Number 9, the Glasses. At number 8, we had the Dinner Party. Uh, behind that, at uh, number 7 was the Cigar Store Indian. Number 6 was the opposite. 5, the Non-Fat Yogurt. The barber was number four, with the marine biologist at three, and the lip reader at number two. So by a process of elimination... We're finished. No, <laughs> number one. Number one was... The Pie. Episode 15, The Pie. Jerry obsessively worries when he takes his date to a restaurant famous for their apple pie, and she refuses to eat a piece. Meanwhile, Elaine discovers a mannequin resembling her that has been showing up in quite a few window displays. So she won't eat the, she won't eat the pie in Monk's, but her father, Poppy... Owns, a little sloppy. <laughs> Poppy sloppy. So we get the uh, Jerry catches Poppy not washing his hands after he uses the toilet. For all the world, looks like he's been for a number two as well. Yeah, which makes it worse because we all know that urine is essentially sterile. But poo poo, very bad stuff. Poo poo, mm-hmm. and then he goes on to make them a pizza, doesn't he? <laughs> really getting his hands. <laughs> yeah, he's kneading the dough. Yeah, really getting his hands <laughs> involved. And then Jerry has a similar reaction. Yeah. to her with the pie at monks. Um, meanwhile, you've got uh, George trying to buy a suit on sale. Is that the same one? Because the mannequin's in that store. The mannequin's in, is in that store. He really likes a suit but can't afford it. And the but it's going to be on sale. Soon. That's right. Yeah, the woman who who is working at the the store tells him, you know, on Sunday or whatever, yeah. there's going to be a sale. And it's then him and another guy that looks just like him who are basically battling over that suit. But also in that store is a mannequin that looks exactly like Elaine that Elaine has to eventually capture because they, they put her in, frankly, poses that she isn't comfortable with. Yeah, especially after she yeah. complains. But but what really makes that storyline is it's Denouement, where we find that it's the guy that we met several episodes ago that was kind of obsessed with her in the TV guy. Yes. Is actually a mannequin manufacturer <laughs> yeah. and, has, has, and has made a range called the Elaine. <laughs> that <laughs> it, is so it, fun. It's brilliant the way th- this is like, oh God, this is a really confident show. Yes. That is going to, you are definitely going to have seen the show a few weeks ago. So here we go. It's that yeah. guy again. Yeah. And he's made the made the mannequin. It was a long enough gap to make it plausible. Um, I, yeah, I just love the confidence it shows. Because, obviously, it would have been funny enough the mannequin being like her. Yes. But to make it that guy as well was, was just hilarious. And the stuff with Poppy being sloppy just makes me crack up every time <laughs> I see it. It's... I, I think in a great season, for me, this was the very best show. I ranked it number one. It was my particular favourite. Yeah, yeah, and I gave this a three, yeah. and I have no qualms whatsoever mm. with this being at yeah. the top because, on you know, on reflection, just thinking about how well 
everything works mm-hmm. in this episode. How f- it really is a funny one too. Funny. Great little details. There's a there's a <laughs> there's a part when in the clothes store the shop assistant is undressing the um, Elaine mannequin and boy does George find that confusing oh for sure <laughs> he's like oh <laughs> um, in terms of what it does mm. and how it references other things in previous episodes and just the fact that you know it gets a little bit naughty with a mannequin and gets away yeah, with it yeah. it's an incredibly confident episode yeah. and deserves its place at number one wholeheartedly here here yeah good season this very good season. Um, I, there isn't an awful lot more to say about the season because we, we've discovered it and just gone through it in quite great detail. But it's a, a show growing in confidence, deserving of its audience, that I think goes from strength to strength from here. I can't wait to get into season six with you, um, starting with our next show. Um, I'm really looking forward to it because I think there's there's even better stuff to come. Cool. Um, until then, though. Unless you have anything else to add, Steve. I've said a lot of words today. We both have, and it's been a long episode. Thank you for sticking in with yeah, us. Yeah, thanks. With us, listener. We do appreciate it. Um, until uh, our next show, when we start on season six, thank you very much for listening. Bye-bye. See you next season. Mm-hmm.